Pathfolk to find the Path Adventures actual play of the War for the Crown Adventure Path. Special All Gentlemen's Edition. Yes. <laughs> Woo. Oops, All Gentlemen. <laughs> oops. I don't think it's an oops. I think we planned it. It's not this. an oops. It's not an oops. <laughs> I have a terrible joke, so I'll say it anyway. That's actually most podcasts. Uh, you're not oh. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this one doesn't turn off our listeners. So. <laughs> <laughs> I should hope not. Yeah, yeah. As uh, as they were just stating last week, as all of you are aware, of course we had uh, had ladies' night on the podcast where it was uh, Jessica, Heather, and Rachel playing through the events of uh, of their afternoon. Interesting. I'll have to listen to that. Um, and this time we're going to see the opposite side of that. We're going to see what happened to the uh, boys. I think I made a joke during the last episode that Cornelius was bleeding out in an alleyway after the ghost of Basilka <laughs> came back. Oh no! <laughs> we'll see if that actually right. happened. Great, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh gosh, uh-huh. it's uh, it's Mummy's Mask all over again when there was that uh, Revenant or whatever. Oh no! Yeah, Cordelia's walking back to the hotel on his own, the inn on his own, and then suddenly hears from behind him, "Time for the main event." Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, the ghost of my poor decisions. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. My poor decisions to be stabbed by a halfling. Yeah, it totally I makes mean... me think of the end of uh, what was that movie? It was based on a novel. Don't look now. Mm. And by novel, it was actually a short story, which is a pretty good short story. It's actually very weird. Check it off the bingo box. We're back with the second part of our A-Side, B-Side series as we check in with uh, Oliver and Cornelius and see what they were up for, up to for the day. So I bet you're wondering how we got here. <laughs> I mean, uh, as I wondering. stated during the last uh, episode, the uh, our noble scions, the Knights of Summer, if you will, had gathered together at the behest of their friend and confidant, Lady Martella Lothied, had attended the Senate Gala, had uh, witnessed the Exaltation Day Massacre, as it's now being referred to, had to fight their way out of the archives beneath the Senate, had met back up with an ally of theirs in the form of Gloriana Marilla, who had informed them of the location of Lady Martella, who had been captured by members of the Brotherhood of Silence. The party had then subsequently freed Martella from beneath the dignified repository, rescued her, met up with the princess, been knighted, and then, which uh, is pretty cool. Which yeah. is pretty awesome. Still one of my most favorite moments from any role-playing game I've ever played. So thank uh, you for I that. I love a good knighting ceremony. It's always uh. just a fun time. Yeah, I did not expect to be the wizard knight uh, hey. in this adventure path. So that oh. was kind of cool. <laughs> is Cornelius a mage knight? Uh, oh my God. Technically, I think I both a, are. I but. have a sword now. Does that make me a, a, uh, a magus? Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> These are the questions Cornelius can ask Oliver. Or he's just like, am I a magus now? <laughs> Well, how good are you with that sword? Pretty terrible. And then actually. he does that comedic thing where he like struggles to pull it out of its sheath and then finally gets it but out. You it's have like, to loosen mm. it. And okay, <laughs> that's all right. We, we've all been oil there. your weapon. <laughs> I was there once. We had then left off with the uh, the party receiving a message from Lady Martella informing them that uh, she had plans in store for them, that they would need to prepare to travel, basically meet her in a week and prepare mm-hmm. to travel leaving Opara to parts unknown. However, she get, had given the party a shopping list on a, uh, you'll definitely need some uh, some changes of clothes, some fancier duds, maybe pick up a couple of other things if you're going to expect to be outside of the the metropolis, the literal metropolis. What's the, uh, 
uh, population 109,000 that is Whoa, the city of Opara. That is a pretty a big city. There's a lot of people in the city. Yeah. Going to parts unknown with maybe even limited access or no access to uh, to shops. You guys won't be mm-hmm. doing that half mile run to a, a <laughs> chapel to go pick up a wand or anything like that where you're going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> our, well, our, that was our plan, though, Rick, is to throw money at all of our problems. <laughs> it was very effective. Cornelius, I need to learn that coin spell so I can throw money at all of my problems. I know. Right? <laughs> How useful. So I believe as we had left things off, the two of you, along with the rest of your companions, the entirety of the Knights of Summer had retired for the evening, made your way upstairs. Cornelius finding, curiously, a slice of pie on a table in his bedroom, which is odd. I'm pretty sure that wasn't there when you left. No. <laughs> Cornelius does that thing where he's like, is this poison? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, we've had a rough few days. I don't blame exactly. you. It's like, um, this is a pie out of nowhere. Um, detect magic on the pie, you know, like. On the top of it, it says boysenberry pie, but it's really badly spelled. <laughs> boysenberry. They're not even trying to obscure this. <laughs> Why would you label it? It's like, maybe it's ironic. <laughs> they also took the time to heat it up. That seems suspicious. <laughs> you can choose to eat or not eat the pie. Uh, mm-hmm. He will go ahead and at least sniff the pie, finding out it is mulberry pie, his favorite pie, which is also super suspicious mm. because the only people who would know that are in this party. Mm. Or the Brotherhood oh. of Silence. <laughs> ah, their intel is so good. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I went through a commune spell with all the pie types and just said, does he like strawberry? Does he like apple? Does he like, you know, rhubarb? Oh, it's all divination spells. <laughs> I was going to go that they went all the way to contact other play and they contacted Dorgaber. Oh. There's like, this dude killed one of our uh, our servants. Uh, weird question. What's his favorite <laughs> flavor of pie? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you wasting my time with this? But it's mulberry. Sure. <laughs> it's mulberry. <laughs> anyway, do you eat the pie? Yep, I eat pie. <laughs> okay. Yay. Make a fortitude save. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> run, 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 run. Take it back. You eat a slice of pie? I'm sure the audience is just as confused as Cornelius. Uh, yes. You rest for the evening. Uh, other than the fact that it's obviously Cornelius' favorite slice of pie, and he's had a couple of hard days, and maybe someone isn't quite as mean as everyone thinks they are. Hmm. I was going to say, I think the audience knows who, that, who sent the pie. <laughs> but it's true. It was mentioned in uh, the episode before last episode. It was, yes. Mm. You rest up for the evening. Wake up the following morning. I imagine uh, get up, get dressed, uh, prepare yourselves. Actually, I don't even know if either of you are bothering to read your spellbook uh, or prep spells this morning since you didn't cast any spells yesterday. You still have all of your spells from yesterday still prepared. Yeah, no. yeah I'll just keep what I had. So I imagine uh, meet up downstairs, eat a pleasant breakfast. Ooh. Yeah, so I mean, you've got some uh, some deviled eggs or some uh, eggs Benedict if you want. They've got uh, bacon mm. and sausage, little bangers if you're interested in some bangers. I'm gonna imagine they don't call them deviled eggs. <laughs> Infernal eggs, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because that, that has actual real world connotations for that, and they probably don't. I call just them like deviled a devil eggs, ordering that deviled like eggs. It's been like cursed with a. There's like a teeny tiny little contract embedded inside <laughs> oh, of no. the <laughs> Deviled eggs is the term that's become so popular in Chiliacs that it's kind of spread to the rest of the inner sea. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the Chalaxians love their deviled eggs. Uh, it's awkward. Uh, some toast, some beans to put on top of your toast, because, you know, that's always a thing. Because, <laughs> yeah. yes, that is the thing the Brits do. Oh, and some chocolate cake. Mm. For breakfast? I mean, yeah, why not? I mentioned in the last episode when Rachel and I went to London, there was a continental breakfast thing at the uh, inn that we were um, in. 
sorry, in fantasy mode, at the hotel that we were staying at in uh, <laughs> London. It might have still been called Nen, I wasn't positive. But mm. for every breakfast, they had chocolate cake. And apparently mm. it is a very popular thing. In Britain, I think I heard like Germany and France also, but chocolate cake for breakfast. And I was reading a thing about the actual health benefits of it. And it's because like it does contain like milk and eggs and all the rest of that stuff. It really no more sugar than you'd normally get from a cup of coffee. If you're a sugar drinker for your coffee. I, mean, I went to Chicago and had donuts. So that's my big story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, Oliver will certainly take a little bit of everything. I mean, that sounds delicious to me. Yeah. Again, it's it's not one of those uh, breakfasts where you go and self-serve or whatever it is. You just sit downstairs and it's included. So the serving yeah. staff brings out all of your food and ah, excellent. lightly folds your napkins in your laps and the whole thing. Because you're fancy lads. Eh. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a little weird. Uh, Cornelius is definitely going for the Benedict. Mm-hmm. I imagine the two of you probably wait for a little while. Kind of curious about like, you know, if the ladies are ever coming down before eventually deciding, well, they're taking forever. <laughs> so I guess we're going to go. As ladies are one to do. <laughs> <laughs> to I be feel fair, like we're about to get this world, it takes from, forever you know. to get ready if you wear fancy clothes, right? I mean, that's true. I like to think that that's the conversation that they have before they get ready and head off, unaware that Verity woke up uh, with her filth fever finally having kicked in for more than a pile of rats. No! no! So uh, the morning was spent with, with Verity trying to get patched back up from Felix and using a charge no. off of that wand of uh, removed disease that you guys oh, found. No. Oh, man. I hope it worked. <laughs> I got to tear up a sticky note. It was great. Hey. <laughs> Which now means all of my sticky notes over here are all for Hell's Rebels. Well, wait, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> that's, that's concerning in another game. Um, I still have yeah. four of them. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Yeah, so things are happening there. But, uh, well, I mean, we're probably visiting different places anyway. I doubt most. Oh, I, I would imagine so. Yes. Shall we go then? Uh, yes. That sounds like luck. Onward. Uh, either of you may make me a knowledge local or a diplomacy check if you would uh, like to either know of a place that you could purchase gentlemen's clothing here or ask around down here because you are surrounded by hmm. nobility down here that probably shop in this area. Uh, I'm actually going to try to make a diplomacy check because of my affable trait. That's good because I rolled knowledge local and I rolled a three for a 13. <laughs> Story wise, this makes sense. I don't mm. know the last time that uh, Cornelius was actually in Opara. So. Fair enough. It's like, well, I was here when I was 12 years old to, for the wedding of my cousin and my other cousin. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. It was the same wedding. The, uh, <laughs> the worst part. That's not all that strange for nobles. No, I know. Cousins. It's just. Yeah. Oliver's like, wow, that's rather concerning. It's like, honestly, the most concerning thing was that, you know, she ended up leaving him for his other cousin. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the Mara sets are great. Yep. So Oliver does get a uh, plus two bonus on this because he, of his affable trait. Uh, in addition, I do it in half the time. Hey, so. nice. So if you fail, you can do it a second time. I thought you were going to say Oliver does get a plus two bonus from this because I'm assuming that I'm identifying these nobles when I walk up to them and get a bonus to all oh, the monsters they are. However, ironically, or for those of you playing along at home, maybe expectedly, uh, I also roll a three or a 14. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> we're off to a great start, everyone. Oh, man. The breakout team of, of Cornelius and Oliver and neither of us can roll. Yeah, that's all right. We'll make it work somehow. <laughs> the problem is you're getting so many conflicting. Yeah. 
suggested. Someone's like, it's like, oh, there's a place called the Prince's Threads. You should definitely check that out. It's just around the corner. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you head off, you go over there, and you realize that they just weren't paying attention. And uh, it's actually the Princess's Threads, not the Prince's Uh, Threads. Oh, (laughs) that's different entirely. Which unbeknownst to the two of you, but beknownst maybe to our audience, that's actually reference to the fact that I misstatingly stated there was the Prince's Threads whenever the (laughs) women went to the Princess's Threads, which is actually the place that they went. (laughs) Oh, I love that. So they're all just confused here. Amazing. <laughs> Somebody near Mrs. spend about an hour and a half um, going mm. to a couple of places where it's just like, what about here? It's like, oh, you know, you walk into a place and you're like, oh, we're just looking for some noble attire. And they're like, oh, I'm complete. I'm terribly sorry. We mostly serve livery for the serving staff. Uh, mm. Nothing of the quality that you're looking for. I see. You walk into a couple of, like you walk into a few of the high end places. You're still staying in the Lionsgate district because, again, the mm. Lionsgate district is uh, a much more uh, mercantile uh area of the city so you're sort of wandering around there and you wander into a few places where it's like okay this is high end so high end in fact that they are not going to be able to provide us with new let alone like fitted outfits or anything like that in a with a week's notice these are the sort of places that are booked up five or six months in advance yeah Yeah. these are like the high-end designers yeah Eventually, though, after uh, after losing about an hour and a half (laughs) you do arrive at a place uh some distance down. Again, you've been kind of uh, walking around the city streets by this point. You know, still only about a quarter mile or so from the silent horse. Glad I dressed casually today. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, my shoes would be hurting me so much. I was going to say, I'm assuming that you guys are not probably, well, you're probably in one of your nicer clothing, but, you know, not in like a full-blown noble's outfit or anything No, I mean, I I, I have a traveler's outfit that I use for just walking around, but it's it's not, like, bad, but it's not, like, fancy. But eventually, though, you make your way up to uh, an establishment here uh, nestled at the uh, the northern corner between uh, uh, two intersecting streets, this large building of a traditional Taldane fashion. So imagine the, uh, like, the Corinthian columns and all the rest of that stuff. Gives it kind of that, like, almost bank appearance. Very large open door. Hanging a sign up directly above it uh, displays what appears to be a dragon curled around a thimble. And as you make your way forward, you make your way in. This is the fifth establishment that you've uh, gone to this morning. <laughs> have a good feeling about this one. Fifth time's the charm, as they say. <laughs> well, we're bound to get it eventually. <laughs> fifth time is the charm, Cornelius. Cornelius is like, do I have a spelled divine where we should be going? <laughs> this is taking forever. <laughs> But as you step inside, um, first off, maybe, maybe for the two of you, especially a good sign is as you step in, there is no actual bell over the door, but magically the sound of a bell hmm. does come when you step in. Through is this the like an alarm spell almost? It's yeah, it's basically like, like a, a permanent alarm, alarm spell. But yeah, not only did they sounding. spring for the magic, but Sirenscape at that moment started playing bells <laughs> in the background. <laughs> the timing was chef's kiss. Before you even have a chance to glance around as you step in, as your eyes adjust from the uh, the bright light outside to the uh, the light inside. Fortunately, even having walked around for an hour and a half or so, you haven't really gotten that sweaty because while it is bright and s- somewhat warm, there is that crisp breeze that lets you know that autumn is just around the corner. Um, that's kept you cool throughout the uh, the early morning. I do like me a good autumn. Oh yeah. Like I said in the previous game, uh, mm. pumpkin spice everywhere. Oh, Everything's oh, pumpkin gosh. spice. <laughs> we walk by, get a get a coffee from the Starbucks. Yes, <laughs> we, they put pumpkin spice in by default, and we're like, why? But why? The oldie but Starbucks. W- but why? <laughs> You're immediately greeted by the uh, racks of ready-to-wear garments, from doublets to tunics and cloaks and such, uh, lying on one wall off towards your right-hand side. Each piece meticulously crafted. Would you say they're masterwork? 
Yes. They are masterworks <laughs> of their craft. They better be for how much we're about to pay for these. <laughs> you can see off towards the side that the tunics, the doublets, the cloaks, the breeches, like all of them have already been paired off towards the side and like already you can immediately walk in here and go like, oh, I like the pairing of these pants and the shirts. Like I have been fortunately invited to a, a number of uh, of weddings, including <laughs> Jordan's, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, twice. And your own. <laughs> and my own. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have some minimal experience going into uh, to buy suits. Mm. At the center of the room stands a large sturdy table scattered with uh, rolls of luxurious fabrics, velvets, heavy wools. Off towards the side is a separate table with a variety of different leather worked goods for those of you who need some uh, some good chaps or um, some sturdy cloaks or anything like that for your riding outfits, um, nice. as well as a couple examples of various boots that you could pair with your, uh, your clothing. Glass-fronted cabinets filled with accessories occupy the far wall. Leather belts, uh, brocade vests, silk cavats, feathered caps, uh, various cufflinks. Wow. Um, there's an entire massive selection of cufflinks over there for you. Mm. You, get, you have to have the cufflinks. The cufflinks make the outfit. It completes mm. it. Tie pins, which would be really cavat pins, and I think they're really completely different things back in the day. A, what you would say is a figuratively and literally venerable human man um, stands at the back of the room glances over you in your direction. The man's head is so smoothly shaved, it is like a polished cue ball. <laughs> As he turns, fair looks enough. over all of you, makes his way forward, wearing this extraordinarily crisp-looking, dark forest green ensemble. Steps forward, as all of you, as the two of you are extraordinarily experienced with, you step in, you kind of uh, either position or, or move your hand in such a way as to go like, look at my hand. Uh, his eyes dart down for half a second to note your signet rings before glancing back up towards you as he steps forward and climbs We do the, univer the universal, like, pan your hand out to show the signet ring. Yes, exactly. Is that what yeah. you do? Like, you just, it's kind of like, like you're looking at the time, but you, like, kind of flash the... Yeah. The ring there. Probably from both of your characters are approaching 40 at this point from 30 something years of experience since you were a small child, since you're, mm. I think you're given your signet rings and your house colors at the age of six. Yeah, I believe that's right. Kind of just used to immediately doing that whenever you walk into a place so that people can identify you. Yes. What what a weird thing to like practice. It's like, okay, no, no, you've held, you've held your hand too high. That's too obvious. You need to be more subtle. No, no, that's too subtle. <laughs> now like they this. can't see it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not fancy enough, but from what I understand, they have courses on how to properly drink your tea. So Man. I'm assuming that that would also be included there. Probably. How to flash that ring. Yeah, I'm sure there is a proper way to do it. I don't know what that way is because, you know, I don't have a signet ring. But no, nobody, nobody's really uh, talking about the noble Scoggin family. <laughs> That's a huge oversight. We should get custom signet rings for the Find the Path podcast. Oh, yes, we should. Let's oh, man, we should have plastic ones like a, I was or we should say, have I them available in the shop. Yeah. yeah, I could print those. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. That would be cool. Actually, I really yeah, like that idea. idea. Yep. Yeah, right, that's, yeah, that's that's something. Write that, that down. Cool. Yep. I'm writing that down. <laughs> write that Actually, down right, right yeah, now. write that down right now. The man makes his way forward. And Klein's his head. Again, as stated previously, uh, completely bald on top. However, he does have impressively bushy white eyebrows. Else, uh, as he approaches. Uh, good morning, lords. How may I be of service to you here at the uh, Dragon Scale Haberdashery? I love this yes, place already. Yes, Haberdashery. I love it. Well, we're in uh, need of a number of outfits for an excursion we're about to make, and we were just hoping that we've come to the right place at last. An excursion? Are we speaking a military campaign? It seems to oh. be the, uh, the word on many people's lips these days. Uh, nothing quite so dramatic as that, no. Uh, uh, more of um, a social gathering. Oh, 
Uh, much cleaner and no less dangerous. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's been around the last few days and has gone, hmm, yeah. Gotta have those dangerous social gatherings. Oh, uh, what would you find yourselves in need of? Are we looking for a, uh, an outfit to impress at a soiree? Or are we needing something for a hunting excursion? Are we going uh, uh, gousing or uh, boar hunting or anything like that? There is to be hunting, though I'm not sure exactly what as of yet. So People hunting. The most dangerous oh, no. game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Just you but, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> is that a joke or foreshadowing? Find oh, out. God, Rick. What are you doing? <laughs> Until all the nobles go savage on the deserted island. Oh. <laughs> And the Hunger Games begin. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm combining. I've, I've made my own new plot. I've combined the Hunger Games and the most dangerous game and uh, uh, Lord of the Flies all into one as a noble ship crashes on an island and you all eventually murder each other. Well, again, there's a victory royale at the end. So That's as true. long as we get that. <laughs> winner, That's winner, chicken for the dinner. But yes, there, there should be some form of hunting, though I'm not sure what. So we should probably be prepared for anything, to be honest. Of course. Um, also... Greetings and uh, masquerade ball. I was hoping you had something in stock for masks. Masks, yes. I do not have them in stock here, but I do have a person that I can order them from. Mm. Uh, what type of uh, time frame are we looking at for this? We have about a week, so um, a little bit of time. I have plenty of time. Uh, they're local, but they make most things uh, custom. But uh. if I inform them that I am... Uh, uh, making a request on behalf of the noble houses. Uh, I believe that is Darhan and Maroset, he says with his max ranks and knowledge and ability. Correct. The most yes. valuable skill in his profession. But please call me Oliver. I am almost positive I couldn't physically. <laughs> Fair enough. I will not force you to. Well then, let us take a look around and see what we can find. You said that you're going to need some uh, courtier's outfits, it seems. Something for receiving a tea time outfit, if you were. Mm. Uh, something for your arrival, so it will need to be uh, easy and comfortable to travel in a carriage with. And then once you've arrived, uh, change into a, an evening outfit. Um, coat. Whites are, of course, in popularity right now. Dark hmm. overcoat and whites and white color and such. Riding outfits would probably be the best option for you if you're going to be hunting, but not specifically knowing what you're hunting. Uh, we'll go for a neutral color if that's acceptable for you. Uh, if you're going to be going boar hunting or something, you don't want to wear something that's going to... Uh, specifically aggravate, although, of course, you, Lord Darhan, may wish to specifically provoke the beast. <laughs> As he's like, I want the boldest colors. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. Oliver's just out there just completely blood red. <laughs> <laughs> As I just start charging the boar head first. Uh, <laughs> I like, throw oh. my spear down and I pull my dagger. I'm gonna handle this like a man. <laughs> Uh, if you're a real hunter, you kill it with your bare hands. <laughs> God. Oliver's starting to turn into um, Brock uh, Samson from yeah. Venture Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah! And then, of course, as you said, a masquerade outfit. Do you have a color in mind? Hmm. Good question. Cornelius, have you ever been to a masquerade? A long time ago. Hmm. It has been some years since I've attended one. I don't suppose we know the theme of the masquerade. Hmm. No, other than masks. So, I suppose with that in mind, 
Maybe just house colors. House colors? Animals? For the masks? Oh, actually, since I am... That's an interesting idea. It would be a bit flashy for me, but maybe something more in a white than for the masquerade. And then I was thinking perhaps the Pegasus mask. Ah, uh, but of course. I don't know if there's a specific creature that's native to my area that I could use. I think there are a couple of things. Uh, trolls are very native to you. I'm not going as a troll. <laughs> <laughs> I might be going to troll. No. I, I don't want to either A, cause a panic, or B, be laughed out of the masquerade. I like the idea of panic, like you're going to use a magic illusion spell to appear as a literal troll. <laughs> <laughs> yes, disguise self. <laughs> I am a troll now. Uh-oh, I didn't think this through. Everyone's attacking me. Uh, if I recall correctly... The Fog Peaks are renowned renowned for their rocks. Um, hmm. hmm. Okay. So go yeah, for like cool. a... Uh, so like dark browns and blacks. So it might be difficult for people to tell the difference between a uh, a rock and a eagle, considering they're just really, really big raptors, but probably something in like a, you know, a bird mask with a, a bird style mask, kind of in the traditional almost uh, masquerade yeah. mask. Uh, the house color for House Marisette is gray. Hmm. How boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you did uh, kind of a gray pattern thing, that would work pretty well for uh, an eagle or a raptor of some form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of something um, in gray with a something like a rock or other raptor. Mm, I like see. that idea. A bird raptor, not a dinosaur. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we do live yep. in a world where both exist. <laughs> to be fair, those di- those dinosaurs are on a different continent. <laughs> true. No, they're on the same continent. Uh, you can you can find them up in the uh, oh, the realm true. of the mammoth lords beneath that the realm of the mammoth true. lords because that. the whole hollow earth thing over there. What? Uh, there's a whole hollow earth thing over there with the realm of the mammoth lords. I mean, yeah. okay. Uh, to be fair, there's a hollow earth thing just everywhere because well, the dark yeah. lands exist. But what? Okay, I didn't realize <laughs> the dinosaurs. Are, I, I thought they were just in this, the Milwaukee expanse. Yeah. yeah, there are dinosaurs up there. They're not as Wowzers. common as they are further south, but still yeah. they exist. So it's cold like up there. Darklands. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because it's in a Darklands vault, so they can, you know, you can fall through a hole in the ground and then show up in the land of the lost. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I see. Yes, oh, could certainly make that happen. I do have some uh, some suits and and white and such. Mm-hmm. It's a little late in the season, but uh. I think for a masquerade, it would be certainly acceptable to stay on color theme. Is he saying that it's after Labor Day? It's after <laughs> Labor Day. So. Dang it. <laughs> Unless you're planning on going and playing in Wimbledon, it's uh, somewhat of a. No. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not. I'm, uh, my tennis skills are not Rachel proud. Good. I've absorbed I some say, tennis when knowledge. To that episode, she's going to be like, yeah. ah, he does listen. <laughs> Eat your strawberries and cream or whatever it is. Anyway. The man goes and retrieves a tailor's tape and uh, basically begins taking the two of your measurements, you know. Mm-hmm. The full measure of a man. Full measure of a man. Out of curiosity, um, what are y'all's respective heights between mm-hmm. Oliver and uh, Cornelius? I actually, I'm not familiar with that. Oliver is 6'3". Ooh. Uh, five foot nine. So it does kind of a quick measuring thing. Um, again, with uh, Oliver's substantially higher strength score, there's a lot more like, all right, well, let's figure out, you know, what's going to give you some maneuverability and such. And mm. He takes one look at Cornelius and goes, you're clearly a scholar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can see no calluses on your hands and you are pale as all get out. Your hands oh. are covered in tiny paper cuts. Um, scars from years and years of books. I mean, every librarian knows that pain. 
I was also going to say Ross is a librarian. It's probably like, yeah, you know, you might be a scholar, but you do still get a workout carrying all these freaking books around. Also true. Oh, no, books I have are people heavy. for that. Oh, that I is see. true. You. <laughs> <laughs> I have people and also mage hand for that. I have yeah, an unseen go. servant, actually. Unseen servant. So I, uh, I have my unseen servant float stuff around for me. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, I did role play my spell list. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think uh, I don't think Rachel's mentioned it recently, but Rachel actually has the floating disc spell as part of Dude, her. Floating uh, disc is a great out of combat spell. Well, it's a it's part of her trade domain, I believe. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Avatar oh, that's cool. is floating disc, so she's like, yeah, you know, if push comes to shove, I do have a floating disc that can carry all of our stuff. Yeah, just follows around everywhere. But yeah, the next few hours pass as you get fitted um, measurements and such. Uh, are any of you buying quote unquote like latest fashion? Uh-huh. No, no, I cannot afford that. I do not really have the money for that. So I get the feeling it's one, both of you don't have the money for it. And two, I think honestly with Oliver and Cornelius, they don't really care that too much about uh, me. Cornelius absolutely know. doesn't care <laughs> enough. Yeah. I mean, for Oliver, his valet keeps telling him he needs to get the best stuff, but Oliver continues to ignore him. So. And Cornelius very much would rather spend money on books and spells mm. and components and things than on like an outfit he's going to wear once. Mm. That's fair. So you do end up getting a, a couple of hours pass by the time that you're done uh, getting fitted, measured, and all the rest of that. Finish up here. Go out, probably get a quick bite to eat. Uh, I believe mm. Oliver was still wanting to go and buy a horse? Uh, yes, actually. I would like to do that, please. Okay. Cornelius can't afford a horse. <laughs> I have, After buying all of that stuff, I have um, four whole gold pieces. <laughs> oh, whoa. whoa. <laughs> I spent it all on spells. Do you need me to cover like our lunch, too? Because I can totally do that. <laughs> no, we just have to go to somewhere that doesn't cost 10 gold pieces for lunch. <laughs> okay. As long as we're not going to like a steakhouse, we're fine. <laughs> it is going to be curious once you guys get out of... Uh, Opara, where you guys haven't had to worry about food or anything else like that, just because uh, Martella's been footing the bill for your inn and everything. Mm. Like, you know, the first like the first night you get out of there and you show up at an inn or something like that, and Cordelia's like, well, I'll hand over my gold piece, and uh, hopefully this trip doesn't take more than four days. <laughs> I don't suppose I could do a magical service for you in exchange for <laughs> room and board. <laughs> They're like, well, we need somebody to clean the thing, and he's like, unseen servant, go clean the thing. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think if I don't even think if Cordelius would think of offering a service. Oh God, no, <laughs> no. Uh, honestly, your lunch is rather fast. It's one of those stop by a place, uh, mm. you know, grab something, eat it on the uh, the patio outside real quick, and then head on some fish and chips and call it a day. Yeah, sounds good. Nothing super fancy. It's still a little bit later on in the day, but arriving at this uh, large uh, stable located near the Lions Gate. Hmm. The stable is a large affair, um, this impressive looking stable with a large yard, large enough to allow for uh, basically the keeping of various horses in a, uh, a fenced off area. You can tell that they're uh, just preparing to do uh, some riding courses for some hmm. of the young local nobles, considering that the, uh, you know, most of the noble houses that actually live in Opara don't actually have enough room to do riding courses for their children because mm. um, it's a little bit more dangerous to teach a child to ride a horse on a cobblestone road than it is on a yeah. mud or grass. Yeah. You make your way forward. Uh, there's a young girl screaming at her parents about how she wants a pony as you just kind of navigate around the child and uh, the noble parents before making your way uh, towards the stable itself. So glad my child was never like that. <laughs> Wait, you have a child? Uh, yes, um, yes, uh, I, I do, um, actually, I have a daughter named Salma. Oh, I wasn't aware. 
I'll be honest, I'm surprised you hadn't heard the rumors. There were quite a few of them flying around. Well, to be fair, I do live as far north as it's possible to be and still be in Taldor. You make a valid point there. I also don't get out much before this full, <laughs> um, well, uh, call from Martella. I uh. haven't ventured south in quite a number of years. If it helps, uh, 575 miles in a straight line as the crow flies between your manners. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, in that case. I can't, um, even, I can't even think of two places in like the United States to say how far away that is, but it's far. I mean, I think it's about, uh, well, no, it's only 300 miles between here and uh, um, Houston. If that's the case, that means Taldor is the size of Texas. I mean, it's actually probably a little smaller than Texas. Like if you're going from Amarillo to Brownsville, that's about 800 miles. Um, which is one of the furthest northern cities in the Panhandle, all the way down to the tip where it's practically into Mexico. Yeah. Um, so. Texas is a big old place. Yeah. Texas, Texas is, is huge, y'all. It's a little too big, I think, but uh, maybe that's just too me. Big. When you can drive an entire full day and not leave Texas, it's yeah. too big. It's about 500 miles from uh, Dallas, Texas to uh, Topeka, Kansas. Oh, wow. All right. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, that's anyway, quite a way. We're very, very far away from one another. We're <laughs> oh. so far away. Fair enough. I, I apologize for that. Um, maybe uh, we could talk about it a bit more later. There's a, there's some details that I could share with you. I'd be very interested. Yeah. Would you care to join me for dinner tonight, then? Oh, certainly. All right. Sounds great. Assuming we don't meet up with uh, the ladies. Uh, maybe. You won't. I was going to say, I was gonna say <laughs> I already know that we won't, but you know, not this episode busy. anyway, unless we just have a really long day. I, if they do join us, I would owe them an explanation as well. So we'll see what happens. Well, you say that as though it's somewhat shameful to have a daughter. It's, it's not how I mean it at all. But, all her um, glances around at the public place that you're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not a what horse I mean looks it. over, listening intently. <laughs> a little too intently. This. <laughs> <laughs> circumstances. It, it will become clear once I talk about it, but um, ah, maybe well. not here. Very well, then. Thank you. Shall we get you a horse? Absolutely. A woman in her mid-thirties uh, makes her way over. Bows, basically curtsies, uh, although she's not wearing a skirt. So, uh, you know, makes the gesture, but not the... I mean, that's fair. Actual so, thing yeah, she skirt. can't actually grab her skirt to, like, lift yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon, my lords. Um, how may I be of a service? Oh, good afternoon. Um... I'm actually in the market for a horse. I was wondering what you might have available. Oh, well, you've come to the right place. Uh, we have all sorts of horses available here. Is there anything in particular you're looking for? I was hoping I could find a uh, war-trained charger if you happen to have something like that. Uh, we do, my lord. We uh, we train a number of uh, uh, horses for the, the local knights and the, the nobility of the area, so uh, we will be... Uh, very honored and pleased to, to assist you however you can. Would you need a horse yourself, my lord? She glances over towards Cornelius. No, no, I'm fine. I'm just uh, here for moral support. <laughs> ah, well, uh, I, I don't know how to answer that, so <laughs> I've got some, uh, <laughs> some horses here. <laughs> if you're looking for a, uh, a charger, uh, uh, pardon my saying so, lord, but you're, uh, you're a very, uh, very tall man. So um, it's quite all right. I, I get that a lot. You'll probably need a, a horse so uh, so your feet don't drag the ground while you're riding. So um, 
<laughs> no pony for uh, for Oliver. For Oliver, I would feel bad for the pony in it that would, situation. It would be funny though if that girl was screaming, "I want a pony!" and you're like, "I'll take one pony, please." <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your finest pony. Uh. So, um, you know, passing on the. Uh, the ponies, obviously, we've got a couple. Uh, we do have some uh, some Shire horses. Um, mm-hmm. They're primarily from a little bit further up to the north. They're uh, a very good build. They're um, they're used as draft horses, but they're mm-hmm. uh, they're quite large and powerful chargers, amongst the largest horses that we carry around here. And uh, they're known for their strength. They have a very calm demeanor, um, so they're very uh, uh, receptive to training. We've been training uh, training them for years. We also uh, do have some uh, the Hackney. Uh, they're uh, rather known for their uh, their high stepping gait. They're not quite as large, mm. but uh, they are very good for for riding and speed. Um, but if you're looking for something on the heavier side, oh, we do have a beautiful trio of uh, Taldane punch horses. Mm. I'm unfamiliar. Um, they're uh, sometimes used as a draft horse, and uh, they originate a little bit north from here. They're uh, very strong. They have a lot of stamina and. Mm. Uh, they're very amiable. I will warn you, because uh, they are somewhat famous for this, uh, they can be, um, I, I believe my uh, my associate here uses the term laxadaisical. Um, <laughs> they, they'll, they'll go to seed, if you understand, if uh, if not taken uh, out pretty regularly and, uh, and given a good trot through their paces. I heard a noble lady um, earlier say something about... Uh, Big chonky horses. I'm not really sure the meaning of that. that but. Has to be <laughs> she seemed very happy with the with the uh, somewhat rotund horse that she purchased for herself. Um, chonky horses. And that's an interesting choice. But hey, as long as she's happy. Yeah, well, actually, one of the Taldane punches sounds like a good fit for me. Well, as long as you're uh, you're active with them, um, they're very. I've heard I've heard them referred to as the uh, the dwarven horse, huh? Not really because the dwarves use them; they mostly use ponies. Um, you know, being being the stout folk such as they are, but they're very uh, well, very barrel-chested horses. They're very powerful. Yeah. So we've got a couple of them here. So uh, if you would like, uh, yeah. I would be happy to take you there, and you can put a couple of them through their paces and see sure whether thing. or not uh, uh, any of them make a good fit for you. All right, let's give it a shot. Uh, and my lord, if you want to watch from the other side of the fence there with the children. <laughs> oh, oh, that felt like such a jab. Oh, like, oh, you're not buying a horse? Well, go over with the children then, man. There, there's a there's a magical shaved ice place across the street also, if you would. Uh, oh. We don't have any refreshments here, but if you'd like a shaved ice cone. <laughs> that actually sounds delicious. Well, I suppose I will uh, stand with the children and I can watch. <laughs> It just occurred to me. I was like, man, actually making a shaved ice shop where you just have like a ray of frost and you're just yeah. making yeah, shaved so you're ice just using all day. Ray like, frost. I bet that's a simple enough task that uh, that you could have an invisible servant shave the ice for you. Probably. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. And we got a new character concept. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> first, first it was the uh, the fast food one in uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, in uh, Hell's Rebels, Hell's and now we have a shaved ice store. We're yeah. finding all kinds of ways to make first level spells. Uh, it's true. Make you yeah. money. Absolutely. Which is why poor wizards make no sense, because there's so many things you could do to make money. There's True. nothing more American than finding the, the mystical, magical arts and trying to find a way to capitalize on it. That's <laughs> <laughs> True. How can we Absolutely. use this ama- amazing magical power and make it boring? 
honestly, there's nothing more uh, millennial such as all of us are than trying to find a side hustle inside yeah, of our fantasy escapism. Yes, let's hustle uh, in the fantasy <laughs> In our side hustle, by the way. <laughs> in, in our actual side hustle, yes, finding a true. side hustle in the side our hustle. Our side hustle, hustle has a side hustle. Uh, anyway. Um, uh. Yeah, again, as far as uh, mechanically is concerned, uh, they do have a number of uh, war-trained heavy horses, if that is what yeah. you're looking for, which it sounds like Absolutely. that is what Oliver is looking for. I would love that. So, yeah, they come back, and uh, uh, what would you like for the name for your horse? Uh, I was actually thinking um, I was actually thinking Bedivere would be a good one. Yes. Right, that's, uh, that's much better than uh, Rachel actually got a horse and then just named him Dexter because he's fat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe it was Rachel who got the chunky horse. Yes, <laughs> yes, you got the big chunky horse. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh man, oh that's hilarious. All in reference to our big chunky cat. Oh, <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, I suppose afterwards, uh, you put the uh, you put Bedivere um, through uh, uh, Mayor Stallion. Um, I'm gonna Gilded, say probably, Stallion, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But you put uh, Bedivere through his paces come back, decide, uh, after having ridden the three uh, options there, uh, come back and decide, you know, nope, this is the horse. Hmm. The uh, stable hand leads the horse out for you. Well, will you be uh, taking uh, Bedivere uh, today, or uh, mm-hmm. would you like to uh, to go ahead and pay, and we can uh, stable him here up for a week, if you would like, before, uh, if you're leaving town? That would actually be wonderful, because it's about, it's pretty much exactly a week when we will be departing, so um, if you wouldn't mind, that would help me out considerably. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll take good care of him here. And uh, I suppose before you go, um, are you going to be needing any of the, uh, I, I believe my partner uses the phrase accoutrement. <laughs> some uh, some bit bridle and a, yes. um, maybe a saddle. I could use both those things. Do you have anything in a military saddle? Uh, we do, my lord. Um, th- got them here. They've got all the, the bells and whistles. And by mm. that, I mean straps and buckles. So to say, I hope there aren't too well bells actually, perhaps. But uh, oh, we, we do have some so uh, some reins that have some bells on them. If you're looking mm. for something a little fancy like that, sure, why not? Sounds like oh, fun. Fantastic. <laughs> so you can jingle jangle while we go down the road. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we also do have uh, contact with a, a, a local uh, leather worker and a, a local uh, smith. Um, mm. If you're looking for something uh, in the in the barden format, I don't know oh. if you're planning on riding directly into war, but. Uh, uh, I, I should certainly hope not. I, I think huh. all this matter will blow over here pretty soon. But I understand being cautious and wanting to, to make sure your, your horse is as, as heavily armored as you. Yes, well. Particularly if you can't spring for a uh, mount of combat. <laughs> yeah, true. I cannot. <laughs> I was about to say, while I have a horse, I'm not exactly planning on you know becoming a full cavalier here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand if you're not going to be buying barding or anything like that. Barding's very and expensive. hopefully we're not doing any mounted combat because that seems like a problem. Some light barding may not be a bad idea. I was um, going to say little... just some leather, you know, padding or something like that. For the yeah, horse yeah. I mean, I could at least spring for some uh, padded barding. You know, it doesn't slow the horse down even if uh, he isn't trained in armor and then it at least gives him a small bonus and it's only 20 gold, so that shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, certainly. We, mm-hmm. can, uh, we can get that taken care of and we'll uh, get a, a koi for anything. I, I do know that the um, the leather worker we work with we can make some uh, part, padded uh, barden for you. I'm certain that he's got it on hand. Um, right. Being that you are a noble lord yourself, would you like anything for the uh, for the chanfron? I'm honestly I'm sorry, not sure what, what that is. <laughs> yeah, the what? It's kind of like a, a a horsey helmet. 
Um, it ah. goes on the face of the horse. Um, sometimes you can put like a house emblem or something there, or you know. Yes, actually, that would be great. Uh, we could put the Darhan emblem on that. The horsey helmet. I just thought that was part of the barding, honestly. <laughs> I just like the way she, she says Shanfron. Shanfron. San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you for uh, for purchasing the, the horse uh, armor DLC. <laughs> <laughs> for all of our Oblivion fans out there. Oh, go, yeah. gosh. <laughs> the wow, the start bucks. of the downfall that was DLC and microtransactions. Uh, <laughs> horse armor. <laughs> that worked yeah. horse armor into the game. <laughs> the uh, good job. Complete. Good job. Uh, well then, very well. So I'll put in that order right away, sir, and uh, and we'll get you taken care of, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll see you uh, uh, whenever uh, you're going to, to to pick up your your steed here in a week, and uh, yes, uh, the bardom should be uh, all ready and set and uh, and and good to go. Right. Um, also, I'm guessing that you carry feed. I'll probably buy some on my way out as well. Oh, we have we have feed. We have some saddlebags. If you would like some saddlebags or um, anything along, the, basically uh, anything that you could need for your horses. Uh, we even have a couple of uh, magical accommodations here. Although um, you know they're uh, they're locked up secure back in the back. But if you're needing something along the lines of like uh, shoes that make your horse uh, uh, float or make them even faster or uh, uh, even some uh, magical saddlebags that you could fit like uh, you could fit a horse in your horse's saddlebag. (laughs) (laughs) Just put a portable hole on the side of your your horse. (laughs) Oliver does, in fact, laugh at that joke. That's pretty good. (laughs) Cornelius definitely laughs because that's great. And then then thinks, I could actually make that. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds wonderful thank you but uh for today i don't think i'll be buying any of that oh absolutely well if you ever change your mind um we're very easy to find cheap starts as uh there's the distant sound of roaring lions because it's now um hit the next hour mark and the lion uh, statues animate over the lion's gate and begin roaring oh god wow. that scares the crap out of me <laughs> yeah if there's nothing else then uh I-, I wish you both the uh the the best of days and thank you for your noble patronage of course, thank you for helping us. I appreciate it. She curtsies again. Oliver bows slightly, though not enough for it to be like a full, like you know, yeah, noble not like, bow. I incline yeah, I my say, head. Yeah, it's like technically, but I mean, he is he's happy for with with his purchase. So yeah. there we go. All right. Well, thank you for joining me on that one. I know it was probably a bit boring for you. Oh, not really. Although the magical ice place was very interesting. <laughs> I do perhaps want to stop by and see how they're doing that. Fair enough. Not that there's after- a shortage of ice up north, but <laughs> in the mountains. But after that, I was wondering if you'd like to join me for a bit of a walk. I was actually wanting to check out Memorial Park. I had much of a chance to do that since the last time I was here, which was ages ago. Certainly. Fair enough. So I guess we'll check out the ice place real quick just to at least see yeah. how they do that. And it's Ray of Frost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on, on a bunch of water. It's a Ray of Frost <laughs> on a, a bunch of water. Um, okay. Yeah. Then shave it down via Invisible Servant and uh, <laughs> scoop them into little things. And then they've got uh, some water flavoring. I suppose you both get a Tiger's Blood ice cream cone and or yeah. ice cone and make your way off. Sure. Yes. They have pina colada also, if you'd prefer. Ooh, pina colada. Mm. Pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Tiger's Blood myself. <laughs> Cornelius is like, or, I do want to feel like I'm on a beach, which is a thousand yes. <laughs> miles from my house. <laughs> or do they consider it lion's blood because of where we are? Oh, yeah, it yeah lion's probably blood. is lion's yeah. blood, yeah. I suppose then you make your way from the Lionsgate district you head 
south and west, making your way across back into uh, West Park, where you'd spent uh, some time since the Guild of Griffin is located in the West Park district. Making your way past the uh, Altar of Divine Innovation. Oh, it's a large previous temple of uh, Aridin, which has been converted into uh, basically government offices. Um, since Aridin's been dead for 100 years, he's not coming back and they need the space. Yeah. Uh, you then make your way uh, south and east from there, following along the uh, the canal through West Park and not heading up towards Senate Hill. You basically reach where the intersection would be that would take you up the road towards the uh, Gilded Griffin and up to Senate Hill, but instead make your way past uh, the Lazy Lion Cafe where you had first uh, met with Lady Martella when you'd arrived in this city way back in episode one. Yeah. And instead continue to make your way uh, down towards the Imperial Square. From here, you do uh, make your way up the hill since again, there are numerous hills here and then begin circling around the Imperial Palace. The Imperial Palace being a impressive display. Mm. The previous home of Grand Prince Stavian III, the home of every Grand Prince of Taldor since Taldoris. Dang. My God. Yeah, wow. mind you, it's gone through so many innovations and all the rest of that stuff that it is obviously uh, not the same place that it once was, mm. but is built in this uh, traditional Taldane style, the what most people consider to be the classical Taldane style, uh, which is a large number of these uh, Corinthian columns that, columns that surround the outside of the structure, these uh, high arches, this entire massive building, the exterior of the palace is simple granite, um, surrounded on all sides by the Imperial Square District. Neither of you have ever been into the interior of the palace, which is supposed to be one of the most beautiful, extravagant mm. palaces in the entirety of the inner sea, if not the. <laughs> of course, nothing we'll be but the best that for, for Taldor. Six. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Currently, it's swarming with uh... Olfen Guard. Yes, thank you. The Olfen yes. Guard. Um, the Olfen Guard have almost ceremonially placed themselves. Uh, to surround the entirety of the building. In the, at no point do you see more than 30 feet of the outside of this building that does not have a powerfully built Ulfen warrior standing, axes and swords drawn and planted into the ground before them as they stare out and watch with what seems to be an almost paranoid level of suspicion at everyone that walks by. Fair. They seem to be mostly focused around the front portion of the Imperial Palace. Uh, where the uh, the wide step and path leads up uh, past a massive fountain to lead up to the Imperial Palace itself. They seem to be accepting of the fact that while many people went and left the symbols of their mourning at the feet of the Senate Hill, uh, following the Exaltation Day mm. Massacre, following the actual announcement of the death of the Grand Prince, the area surrounding the fountain in front of the Imperial Palace is littered with flowers and small statuettes and such that have been erected here in a sign of mourning from the populace that have lost their leader and ruler. Mm -hmm. Again, the actual fact of what happened there or the uh, the actual individual behind the Exaltation Day Massacre has never been announced. Yeah. Most people here have just lost their head of their, uh, their, their entire nation. Yeah. <sighs> from there, I suppose you make your way down towards Memorial Park. In the hustle and bustle of to be honest, all of this city. There's something odd about how quiet it is in Memorial Park. This park serves as a memorial to Taldor's heroes, both those real and imagined. As far as some of the legendary heroes that there's no actual evidence for their existence. 
It's a place of greenery with trees all about and numerous statues of heroes, monuments from every era of Taldor's 6,000 year history. From brass-plated obelisks in honor of General Arnesant, um, which you see when you first enter, the Shining Obelisk at the entrance to the Memorial Park, supposedly listing the name of every noble knight who died in service to Taldor, battling in the Shining Crusade. Because those are the only important people. Forget all With the other, With an acknowledgement you know, down people. at the bottom for all of the, uh, the tens of thousands of uh, non-noble warriors and such that died as well. Mm, that's something, but... If it everyone looks closely, but... there's no Mara set on that list. <laughs> <laughs> there are Not because we're really cool, really but because we didn't do anything. <laughs> it's true. There are uh, commemorations here of each of the armies of exploration. From the original monument dedicated to the first army of exploration, uh, which was uh, the year 37. <laughs> 37. <laughs> 37. Uh, just for reference, it is currently the year 4,718. <laughs> so this 4,000-year-old... Uh, oh, yeah, getting close almost to 5,000. 5,000-year-old yeah. monument here to the first wow. army of exploration. All the way to a, uh, a monument that has been constructed about 100 years ago, which is the dedication to the 8th army of exploration. Hmm. You would note that along the walk as you make your way past these, uh, there's places for, for dozens more Army of Exploration that Taldor may or may not ever do. Does it mm. all just say coming soon? Ninth <laughs> Army of Exploration? Tenth <laughs> Army of Exploration? Any day now. The curious thing with the Memorial Park is that Taldor, generally speaking, especially when it comes to their patriotism, are not a subtle people. Mm. Uh, it is not uncommon for the, the Taldane people to loudly and, and proudly scream their love of their country from the rooftops. However, elsewhere in the city where Taldor's accomplishments are insistently celebrated and the country's legacy, its famous figures and such upheld, this district is the surprising exception. Memorial Park is a place of reflection. It is surprisingly quiet. A tradition so ingrained that almost anyone who makes excessive noise in Memorial Park risks censure from the district's watchful guards. It's like, hey, tone it down. No talking in the library. <laughs> well, there's no one has an issue with people talking. It's just everyone kind of talks with that, like that respectful. It's almost like you're walking in a graveyard. Mm. But I suppose you uh, you pass under the, the trees here. Again, while this is a park, it is an extraordinarily well manicured park. Uh, there are a surprising larger number of people here than you think would maybe even be common, although it is by no means crowded. Mm. It's mostly old souls, old soldiers, or uh, true patriots of Taldor coming here to reflect on the the monumental situation facing their nation at this time. I've only ever been here once before, but I felt like this was a good place to, to think over what we've been through so far and to prepare for the campaign ahead, as it were. Yes, I mean, it does feel like we're walking through history as it's being written right now. That sounds precisely correct, yes. But I did have another reason for bringing you here. Oh? I'm an old soldier at this point. I've been through quite a bit. But the others, I'm sure, have had their moments where they've been in certain degrees of peril here and there. As far as I know, I don't think you've ever really encountered such things. And I just wanted to check in and see how you were doing. Well, this 
hasn't exactly gone as I expected. When Martella reached out to me, I thought this was going to be a social event, which I suppose it started as, but... <laughs> Oliver, I'm not a soldier. I never wanted to hurt people. I don't, still don't want to hurt people. In the last few days, I've, I've done things I didn't think I would ever do. I'm not proud of it. And the thought of, well, more violence being necessary before all this is done, I don't know if I can do it. I'm sorry that things have conspired to put us in this situation. And I'm sorry that we've all had to go through this. And I'm sorry especially for things have not turned out the way that any of us expected to. I can say that even as a soldier, I am not exceptionally proud of anything we've had to do recently, for the most part. Saving Martella is one thing, but there's a reason I left the military a long time ago. Yes, no, I, I, I don't regret saving Martella and fighting monsters underneath the Senate was one thing, ghosts mm. and the like. That I don't have a problem with. Those aren't, well, to be honest, people. They aren't thinking, feeling, reasoning creatures. Or they've been dead for so long that it doesn't necessarily matter anymore. Correct. But I think the thing that bothers me the most, I made a vow a long time ago to pacifism, mm. to not killing people, even though with my magics, it's quite easy. Mm. When we were fighting in Martella's, well, hideout, and the chips were on the table where I could stand by that and truly be principled in my beliefs, I folded. I gave up on peace and knocking Wasilka out to take her to the authorities, and I killed her. In that moment, as the adrenaline rushed through me, it felt like it was the right thing to do. And that bothers me, Oliver. I've studied non-lethal magics and worked towards making magic a utility that can be useful for people. But at the end of the day, am I not just like every other wizard, just going to use my power as I see fit? I worry about that. And I especially worry about having to do that to Talden citizens, mm. to people whose only crime, if we would even call it that, is having a different opinion. No doubt it is a complicated matter. I will say, and this may not be of much comfort, but you were put in an extremely difficult position. I'll be honest, I was exceptionally worried for your life in that moment. I don't know what other choices you may have had, Technically, there were other choices, but I don't know which ones were unlikely to result in your passing instead of hers. And I think that might be something, at least. It wasn't like you were making this decision in a vacuum. Yes, but I know that I'm not a typical wizard. Hmm. I have something inside of me that gives me a supernatural ability with magic. There is power in that, but I can't manipulate it the same way I can my traditional magics. I can't uh, pull the punch like I do with traditional magics. I can't 
perform metamagic manipulations to make it safe. And I'm not even sure it was because of my life being in danger, so much as all of yours. I appreciate your concern, and thank you for thank you for thinking of us, because that is extremely touching. I haven't had people this close to me in quite some time. Still getting used to that us. That makes two of us. As awkward as it might be to admit, I'm not one for relationships, really. Not in a long time. And strangely, all of us nights of summer are the closest friends I've ever had, so... <laughs> I feel much the same. And this this may also be of some help. I don't know... I don't know what religious practices you ascribe to. There is a certain belief amongst those of us who follow Kyrgyz, the strongmen, that we are to set challenges before ourselves. That even if... Even if we're found wanting once or twice or even a thousand times, you don't fail until you give up. Unfortunately, circumstances dictated an outcome this time, but that doesn't mean that you're beholden to them every time. Keep pushing yourself forward. If it helps any, I think I feel much the same way. I've been trying to develop less violent approaches to combat. Well, there's comfort in not being the only one trying to find peaceful solutions, I suppose. We can try to push forward together and keep ourselves honest. Hmm. Yes. Though I will say the others don't seem to have the same reticence with violence. They've lived different lives. And as unfortunate as it is, if it came down to, say, again, you or her, I'd rather have you here. That's fair. And I can't fault that logic. But that doesn't mean that it's always going to have to be one or the other. And maybe this is just an opportunity for me to further refine my magical tactics to finding new ways to diffuse a situation. Exactly. This might be an opportunity to do something that, well, <laughs> I've been neglectful in my studies. You see, I never studied magical combat. I flat out refused to. Aside from needing to be able to cast a magic missile to graduate as a full-blown wizard, I haven't really focused on that. But there are a lot of magical spells specifically for combat or that have large combat utility mm. and perhaps I shall focus on that there's always more to learn or at least it's kind of one of my takeaways from that particular precept yes though that doesn't mean I'm going to be joining the Arcanist Guild or anything like that I'm one far too old well we kind of need you here too we want you here working with uh, with us <laughs> true true though hopefully this situation will be resolved soon and we can I don't know if we can ever really go back to what we were doing beforehand, but we no. can at least have peace again. And maybe it won't be what it was before, but maybe in the grand scheme of things it will be better. That is my hope. Mine too. And from Utropia's history, at least of what few rumors I know of her are to be believed, she'll make a fine empress. On that I also agree. I look forward to her taking that throne. Likewise. And we got knighted. <laughs> Never saw that coming, did I? <laughs> no. I'll be writing on that for quite some time. It is strange, isn't it, that a simple thing done when we were kids, we all still kept those pins that she gave us. Maybe we are all just a little bit too sentimental for our own good, eh? <laughs> I suppose so, though. I think our care 
for each other, for Taldor, will see us through. For Taldor? Yes. <laughs> but to that end, I will do my best to watch your back. And I yours, old friend. Absolutely. And I appreciate this, Oliver. Checking in and all. Let's not make this a one-time affair, shall we? I agree with that as well. Cornelius will reach out, clap a hand on your shoulder. Yeah, we'll, we'll go in for one of those uh, one-handed bro hug. You know, yeah, kind of moments, absolutely. You know? Do the hug, you, as long as you pat each other hard on the back a couple of times. <laughs> yes, exactly, right. <laughs> yep. By this point, as the uh, the two of you are kind of continuing your wandering, you pass through the Porthmos statue garden. Various statues to numerous military campaigns there. Uh, the great generals and naval uh, admirals and such of Taldane's history. Eventually pass by the Serpent Column, which is its own extraordinarily weird thing. Actually, if either of you wants to make a knowledge local, you may. There's not really tour guides out here. Yeah, sure. Sure, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I roll I a five for a 15. Uh, I rolled a seven for a 17, so... Our average rolls on this episode are going to be real bad. <laughs> yeah, Both of you are right. aware that this is, uh, <laughs> this is what is commonly called the Serpent's Column. Uh, it's located at the heart of the Memorial Park. Uh, the Serpent's Column is actually two columns built side by side and twisted together. Oh, like a Caduceus staff kind of a thing? Yeah. yeah. And the uh, structure rests on a base of green-hued stone, uh, and its surface is perfectly smooth to the touch, bearing neither scratches nor deliberate markings. The two of you are just aware that uh, most people consider it to be a curious thing. Uh, it's about as old as the city itself is. And cool. uh, most people assume that the column is magical in some way, although with both of your skill checks, you're aware that uh, despite the fact that it is harder than steel and untouched with age being as old as the Empire itself, um, it has no magical aura hmm. or effects emanating from the pillars. Odd. wonder if it's a sky metal. Yeah, it could be. Hard to know. I mean, we, yeah. we have no way of knowing. Hmm. No one really knows who erected it, when, or why. Hmm. Hmm. Or what it's supposed to symbolize. It's just the Serpent's Column. All right. Weird. Interesting. But you finish here. You make your way out of Memorial Park. You cross back across. I imagine you probably head back north to cross over to uh, Lionsgate, because if you cross the, here, you cross into Canal Row, which is uh, yeah, it's a toss. Um, there's probably some good... I generally find that there tends to be a lot of really good places to eat in the real world uh, when mm. you get near college campuses. Mm. Yeah, true. Considering that a crossing across the Canal Row would take you into the area of the Cathedorian Academy, there might actually be some pretty good places to eat over there. Mm. Yeah, but then we're the 40-year-old men, you know, eating with all the college kids, and that seems kind of <laughs> weird. All those beatniks. Yeah, that seems kind of <laughs> weird. You make your way across into the Lions Gate District and uh, uh, find the Talaxian uh, pasta place. Yeah, that sounds good. Yep. Called uh, Taste of the Empire. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> back, back when we had an empire, we're just a country now. <laughs> Chiliax kind of has an empire a little bit. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, Chiliax. the Chilexian Empire, honestly, is still going much better than the Taldane Empire. Yeah, it's true. Mm. I was going to say, they're actually doing better than we are. They actually have some territories. That well, still... fortunately... Um, they lost a great deal of it during the uh, Chelish Civil War, including uh, Nirmathos as well as... Um, so, and again, Sargava used to be part, but then, you know, with uh, the successful overthrow of the Sargavan government and the found founding of Vidrian, uh, it is now, you know, a separate nation. Really, and the only thing Chiliac still has that's part of its uh, quote-unquote empire is Isgur. 
Yeah, technically it was 47-14 when Sargava became Vidrian again. So I think that happened very recently. No. There, are, there are some people that are trying to, you know, separate uh, uh, Ravenel out, but you'll have to mm-hmm. listen to our other podcast to see whether or not say, that's successful. See Hell's Rebels for how well yeah. that's going for us. <laughs> Better than we thought. But I suppose you settle down with some uh, some pasta and some uh, crazy bread. <laughs> <laughs> what is the strange flavor I'm tasting on the bread? They'd say it's garlic. Mm. Oh wow! What is that a is that a plant? What is that? <laughs> I believe I believe so. Though, uh, do I have not? Wait, hang on. Do I actually have knowledge nature? What do you mean you haven't boiled have all the flavor a, I have out? I plus eight knowledge nature. I might actually know that's garlic. <laughs> oh, there you go. But I suppose the two of you probably uh, do settle down for uh, for dinner. Eat something. I imagine uh, you know, watching probably by the window, watching people go by. It's a. Uh, it's rather. It's generally quiet in here. That there's a not a large number of people. Uh, there is a. Uh, a young halfling man uh, up on a uh, kind of a stage area, basically sitting on a stool, uh, playing the violin on the far side of the mm. room. Fairly good. Mm. Like, definitely not like the you were listening to the violinist at the Senate gala just the other mm. day level of good. Uh, but this person obviously has some natural talent and probably will uh, eventually become quite the rising star. Yeah. When we heard him, we heard him here first at the Taste of the Empire. <laughs> so your daughter, how old is she? Oh, she's, um, she's 14 now, actually. And I did, yes, that's right. I did say something about that. Um, yeah, she's, she's doing rather well these days. Oliver says as he begins, uh, fishing a small, um, object from his pocket, pulling out one of the brass chatter boxes, uh, that we've received from Martella. Crank, crank, crank. Crank, crank, crank. Cornelius just kind of crank, looks crank, at him, crank. but doesn't really say anything. Like, he's a little, like, he gives that look of, why are you doing that? But, okay. I'll set that just on the table between us, you know, just just a little 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 table decoration there. Soft little chirping begins. So right. not something you talk about often, I say I would assume. Not in the way I'm about to. Is there something wrong with your daughter? No. She's a red no. mantis assassin. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest red mantis assassin. <laughs> she was sent to kill me, but uh, you know, no. <laughs> no. She infiltrated the house. It's like he's such a nice guy. Look at the way. Like I was never given like the random level of support that he gives to these squires. <laughs> I've been working for the wrong side all along. <laughs> oh my god! And her evil heart grew three sizes. Yes, <laughs> it's a horrible medical condition. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> then I got her a pony. <laughs> Nothing a little magic can't fix. <laughs> yep. No, it's um, she's fine. It's mostly the circumstances in which she came into my household that um, I'm willing to share this with you, Cornelius, and the others when there's an opportunity. But this must absolutely not be told about to anybody outside of our group. Well, of course. If it's so sensitive, I wouldn't dream of it. All right. I appreciate it. The truth is, um, while I was stationed near the border um, with Kadira, this was back in my back toward the end of my military career. There was a family that came in. They were on a diplomatic mission to speak with the Grand Prince. They were a a couple that were. I mean, we never got it fully vetted, but at the very least, from what they told us, they were a couple that were dignitaries um, there to treat with him for normalization of uh, relationships between our two countries. However, at the time, a large storm was in the area, and so they 
came to us to shelter from it for a while until it passed. The couple brought along with them their young daughter, and they were making a trip to Arpara, the three of them. I was the one assigned to guard them while they were there, being as that technically speaking, while we were not at war, we are definitely not on friendly terms with them, so I was also assigned to keep them from learning state secrets, as it were. Sounds like an important job. It was. It was um, also one given to me, I think, as a way of basically to keep me in check. Um, I was at that point not the most favored officer in the Talden Phalanx. And, well, long story short, I did keep watch over them for a few days. The... The storms kept going much longer than we had anticipated, so they had to stay for a while. To be fair, over time I grew to rather like them. They seemed like a nice family. Um, the three of them were kind, gentle. They seemed to truly want to meet with the Grand Prince, as far as I could tell, and that's probably where the story would have ended. However, on the last night of the storms, while I was watching them, uh, watching over them, there was a sudden attack inside of the barracks. Before I could even know what was happening, I turned around and already both of the parents had been assassinated, killed right behind me. Gracious. It was a terrible situation, and um, I didn't know what else to do, so I took their daughter, I ran. After some time, whoever they were, which I highly suspect, and... I think to this day they might have been lion's blades um, sent to kill them before they were able to get to Opara. I don't know if they were on the Grand Prince's orders or, or what was going on there, but they they ran off or disappeared or blended back in with the rest of the military or whatever it is that the lion's blades do. And um, I was left with a young girl who wasn't quite sure where she'd come from. She was, I think, about six years old at the time. Barely spoke any Taldane. Wasn't able to give me much information. I mean, I, I tried to find her family, Cornelius. I, I really did. I, I hired an investigator. I paid the Church of Abadar for whatever divinations that they were able to provide. None of it led anywhere. At least nothing actionable. So I did the only thing I could think of to do. I, I adopted her. But... I was scared that if it came out that I simply adopted her and brought her with me back to Pegasus Peak, they might have come back to finish the job. Hmm. So from there, um, I basically lied. I've lied to everybody for the past eight years now. I've told everybody that she's my daughter, that um, I had her the scout from the other side of the border. I hadn't seen her mother in quite some time. and. I guess that part is technically true. And I've raised her as my own ever since. And thus not wanting to talk about it, because assassins could be anywhere, and I guess the implications of your daughter existing would be you had her out of wedlock. Exactly, because I'm not married, and I wasn't going to hire someone or something to lie about it, so I just came up with the best story I could. But I'll be honest, Cornelius, I'm not a very good liar. I'm not very good at keeping these stories. The best I can do usually is just keep quiet about it. Well, you'll see no judgment from me, of course, for doing something heroic. 
If it was truly heroic, I would have protected her parents and we wouldn't be in this situation. Well, to turn the words around you from earlier, you didn't have a lot of options. It wasn't your fault. And regardless of who the assassins were, they had some political motive for what they did. I can only assume. Something that we don't understand, but you did the best you could. And you still do the best you could by taking care of her. You could have given her to anyone else, Oliver. No, I, I couldn't have. Felt I owed her that much, at least. Exactly. You did the best you could. You've given her a life that she would not have otherwise had access to. No. I still feel it would be best if I could someday locate her true family. Although I think perhaps she's given up on that at this point. Well, if going to the Temple of Abadar and not being able to find anything there, she may not have anyone left. Either that, or I just don't have enough details to give them to actually locate anyone. Perhaps. And that said, she still has a place amongst the Darahans as long as she needs it, and I'll keep her safe. But I wish that things had not turned out the way that they had. Well, we all want peace and happiness, and sometimes we don't get that. And given that you've shared a uh, rather personal secret with me, it's probably only fair I share one with you as well. Well, don't feel beholden to, but if you want to, I will listen. I think the more that we know each other, the better. It has been a long time since we all got together, and the last time we all met was not happy circumstances either. Mm. No, you're right about that. I mentioned that I don't hear a lot about what happens to the South. Mm. That is, well, maybe not intentional, but a consequence of what I've decided to do with myself. What exactly have you decided to do with yourself? I'm sure you've heard the rumors of House Mariset and our, well, the way that we do marriages is atypical. Might be the most polite way to say it. Hmm. I have heard of these things, yes. I honestly don't subscribe to their desires to have me wed a relative. Hmm. I'm not sure if it's because of, well, meeting Verity and mm. trying to have a relationship with her after Birdsong Manor in that summer. Interesting. I didn't realize that the two of you had tried that. Was that her marriage to my cousin? Well, we we tried. We wrote letters nearly every day to each other. Mm. And then she stopped one day. Mm. She stopped, and I don't know why. I don't know what I said or implied or... I just don't know why. And I've been bothered by that for 25 years. And I've tried having other relationships, even after hearing she's been married several times. <laughs> My family has put a lot of pressure on me to marry someone else. Mm. Their preference is my sister. But, um... Oliver throws up slightly in his mouth. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, eh. <laughs> like, sorry, we were eating here? No. Uh, <laughs> which is mm. unfortunately not uncommon in my family, though not something I have any interest in doing. That's an unusual perspective from your family side. Well, the Mariset family believes in keeping the bloodline pure and concentrating magical power through selective reproduction, you might say. Oh. And we've gotten fairly good at it, all things considered, but it does mean often marrying very close to your siblings. 
I see. We have entire genealogical records to back up the data behind this practice. My gods. It's something we don't talk about outside of the family, but right. as someone who very much doesn't believe in that, I thought it necessary to know why I've never wed mm. and why I don't really socialize with the rest of my family. It got a little tedious to keep having to fight, I suppose, for the right to marry who I choose. Mm. Or at least not marry at all, if that was the option. That is always an option. At least it should be. I'm sorry that you've been under such pressure. I never realized. Well, it's, I suppose, a pressure I'm used to. Much as I imagine you've grown used to the pressure to keep your secret. Mm. It doesn't make it easier, though. No. Martella has honestly been the only person I've corresponded with in quite some time. Hmm. I threw myself into research and uh, trying to benefit people with magic, make it easier to do magic or, or cheaper, or I don't know, maybe a fool's errand, but I've sequestered myself in a way, I suppose, in doing that rather than socializing might be a, <laughs> a good way of saying it. Well, as long as we're here, you needn't do that again if you don't want to. Again, we'll watch each other's backs. I appreciate that. It has seemed quite likely that uh, should combat continue, I may not make it. I didn't just mean combat. Well, part of the reason I'm telling you all of this, Oliver, is should, gods forbid, something happen to me, just tell Verity that I apologize for whatever I did, and I never gave up on her. If it comes to that, I will do so. But perhaps you'll have a chance to tell you yourself at some point. Perhaps. Though she is still quite cross with me from the way she's behaving. Uh, I mean, Verity has always been somewhat of a firebrand as long as I've known her. But um, that said, I'm here to support you, regardless of how things may shake out with her or someone else or with no one as the case may end up being. Whatever you decide is best for you and whoever that may be. I appreciate it. Of course. Just make sure that if you ever do get married, um, keep me in mind for best man material. Oh, I think that's a foregone conclusion. I'm your only male friend. <laughs> yes, my only male friend. <laughs> but, um, yes, yeah, so, and I appreciate that must have been difficult to share as well. So uh, thank you for sharing. Quite. But I suppose we've been sharing difficult things over dinner all night. Well, as Martella said, there should be no secrets between us. Something I think was very good advice. Absolutely. Now, I did see something on the menu here for dessert. They call mm. it a devil's food cake. I am intrigued. It's not made of actual devil, is it? I'm hoping not, but we should ask our <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> oh, look, it's all made of imp. Oh, it's no. Imp wings. Can imp actually taste good? I don't know. No, it tastes very, I imagine it tastes very sulfurous. Oh, no. Very gamey. But uh, yeah, I, I suppose we keep eating from there and uh, probably probably switching to slightly lighter topics. Um, oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> Take the brass the chatterbox down because it probably yeah. sounds really weird that we haven't really like said anything of yeah. note in quite or at some least time. It's been, it's been really hard to hear those Yeah, it's been really hard to hear us, you know. 
honestly, I imagine you probably almost like close the place out, sit there, mm-hmm. chat for a long time, order a bottle of wine, chit chat. Yeah. It's all a Martillas bill. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves. Eventually uh, pack up. For all the uh, audience members that were sitting there like, I'm waiting to figure out why Cornelius was bleeding out an alleyway. That was just a joke, so I apologize. <laughs> uh, no, actually, you goodness. finished the, uh, the evening with no problems. Uh, make a fortitude save. Ah. <laughs> no. The devil's food, I knew it. It was made of devils. <laughs> it was made of real devils. <laughs> yep, and it bursts out of your chest like a xenomorph. Oh, oh, God. Ah. Oh, no. Ah. no, 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 no. Oliver, <laughs> Before I suppose you uh, you gather yourselves and you set off to return back to the silent horse to uh, mm-hmm. reunite with your companions to wait impatiently for uh, the week to pass and uh, to meet back up with uh, Martell and figure out what exactly is going to happen next. And I suppose we'll find out when we get back together next time. All right. And nobody died. And nobody died. Especially me. Yeah. (laughs) As I am unfortunately want to do being a low-level wizard. If anyone was going to, it would Uh, be nice. Yep. Low-level wizard play is always dangerous. Uh, It is is very dangerous for the first, like, eight levels, probably. Mm. Well, good job, guys. And uh, I would like to take an opportunity to, of course, thank our patrons. Um, It is only through your continued patronage and support that we are able to do these A-side, B-sides. It takes a little bit of time to put yes. them all together and to get them to work and everything else, but I really appreciate how uh, doing the A-side, B-side really gives us a chance to dig into the characters before we get into the meat of the next book where you guys are mm-hmm. going to be, let me simply say, extraordinarily busy. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. So <laughs> many parties. Hopefully in the best of ways. But I do want to take an opportunity to, of course, thank our patrons for their continued patronage and support. I want to take an opportunity actually to thank all of our listeners for their Absolutely. continued support, for going on uh, our Discord and hanging out there and chatting and providing input that way, for leaving mm-hmm. comments on the episodes that uh, not only help us by letting us know what can be improved or letting us know what you enjoy, but also help that metric algorithm that runs in the background that kicks us up the line so that you find uh, find the path podcast and not uh, find your path, which I believe was a podcast about mm-hmm. bicycling. Uh. <laughs> or uh, when we first started and you searched find the path you got uh, a, I think a couple of like religious missions and stuff yeah, like, that like that were that. called find the path and stuff so. um, or apparently some people call, call those little mazes that you get on the back of like uh, placemats at oh, restaurants oh find the path, find the path like, maze yeah, oh, I yeah. Didn't know yeah. so okay. anyway for making us the number one find the path and uh, I really appreciate that and so thank you all if you uh, again if you are unable to uh, to back the Patreon and uh, and support us that way just supporting us by word of mouth is mm-hmm. amazing so thank you all for continuing to do so and I would like yeah. to take an opportunity however to thank a couple of those patrons that I mentioned a second ago by name absolutely and uh, I will start by thanking Dan Mason thank you Dan Ooh, thank you thank Dan. you Dan one of those amazing uh, those Masons that that build us up as it were Yep. Jordan's the uh, yeah. one that's good with the bad puns. Yep. No, that would exactly what I would have done. Um, <laughs> and I would like to thank Matt Worth, who is absolutely worth it. Ah. Woo! Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Always strong support you, from the Matt crowd. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, actually, we switched back to the Dan crowd with a Daniel Agnew. So thank you, Daniel. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, we we'll appreciate your support. The, Two the Dan's Dan in one episode. Yes. When there's yeah. only yeah. three one people getting, getting shouted out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Strong Dan support this episode. Thank you for your support. Thank you, of course, to all of our supporters. And thank you, of course, to our Find the Path tier patron supporters, uh, which include Andrew Miller and her Braden Worrell 
Elliot Brown, who I believe is a, a new addition to our, oh, yeah, uh, that is our top tier. Eric and Lisa Junker, Gary S., Ian Date, Jessica Vetterly, Jim C., Joshua Saldana, Kevin Etterfay, Lewis Ellis, Siren Roll, and TJ Kahn. So thank you all for your continued support. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. And tune in for the next episode for the reunion of the entirety of the Knights of Summer as they ride Woo! out in force. <laughs> Everybody on a music. horse by Cornelius. It's true. <laughs> Cornelius riding side saddle on the back of Gwen's horse. <laughs> hey, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> on a saddle built for two. <laughs> on a saddle built for two. <laughs> and until next time, good luck, Pathfinders. Bye, good luck old. out there. Ah, uh, uh, oh, man. Good go. But seriously, I do get to be the best man, right? Oh yeah, no, totally, 100%. 100%. Rick, Rick got it on my real life wedding. You can have it on my uh, my D and D wedding. <laughs> I did it. <laughs>